February 24th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. We'll read here about defilement. Unless we are careful, religious rituals can create some serious problems. They may be given as much authority as God's Word and even replace God's Word. These rituals may give a false confidence that what you do on the outside will somehow change the inside. But the heart must be changed, and external rituals cannot do that. The heart can be purified only by faith. And with that, let's begin reading today here in the New Testament. February 24th, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to confront Jesus. They noticed that some of Jesus' disciples failed to follow the usual Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they eat nothing bought from the market unless they have immersed their hands in water. This is but one of the many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremony of washing cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law ask him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old customs? For they eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was prophesying about you when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away. Their worship is a farce, for they replace God's commands with their own man-made teachings. For you ignore God's specific laws and substitute your own traditions. Then he said, You reject God's laws in order to hold on to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, Honor your father and mother and anyone who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I could have given to you. You let them disregard their needy parents. As such, you break the law of God in order to protect your own tradition. And this is only one example. There are many, many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. You are not defiled by what you eat. You are defiled by what you say and do. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowds, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the statement he had made. Don't you understand either, he asked? Can't you see that what you eat won't defile you? Food doesn't come in contact with your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then comes out again. By saying this, he showed that every kind of food is acceptable. And then he added, It is the thought life that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, eagerness for lustful pleasure, 
envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you and make you unacceptable to God. Psalm 40, verses 11 through 17. So often David found himself surrounded by danger, and all he could do was turn to the Lord for help. You may not be battling against armies, but you are part of a spiritual warfare that does demand diligence and devotion. But remember, no matter what the problem, David took time to worship the Lord in the midst of all manner of circumstances, both good and bad. He was a devout and consistent worshiper of the Lord. Very often, we're in love and enamored with God's blessings. And so when we're being blessed, it's easy to give thanks and praise to God. But when we're walking through the desert during a hard time, do we worship then? That's the true test of who and what you're worshiping. David leads us here and gives us an example. He called out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord, always in worship, no matter what the circumstances. But he was always honest. Yeah, David's very transparent with the Lord, always honest with the Lord. God likes our honesty. When you worship the Lord, it helps to put things into perspective, and you see what God is doing for you. Now, the important thing here is that God is magnified in worship. That's what we do. We, uh, in essence, take a spiritual magnifying glass and put it on the Lord and magnify the Lord. And He becomes much larger, much more important than any uh, problem that we have or any desert we might be walking through. And He lifts us up. Now, you may get impatient with Him, but He thinks about you and is working everything together for your good. There is absolutely nothing withheld from God's beloved, from Christ's beloved. There is no spiritual blessing withheld from you. There is no measure of His presence that He will deny you, but you have not because you ask not. Oh dear, what, what a banquet, what a cornucopia, what, what a sea of joy in His presence and of power to minister as though you were carried by another. I know where the direction of my life would have gone. I so need brilliant men. I am not one of those, but the one thing I can tell you is that all my life I have been needy and I have been weak and I have been slow and I have been afraid, but it caused me to run to Him. And in running to Him, there is such glory. There is such power. There is such life. You see, it's not just they need correct thinking for men to even be able to grasp with their mind. It must be a thing of Ezekiel. Can these dead bones live? You see, we are to be scholars, but we are to be prophets. 
We are not to be businessmen and administrators. We are to have the power of the living God upon us. And when we proclaim the word, we are proclaiming words to dead men. And it must be the spirit of the living God who comes and raises them from the dead. And then when they are raised from the dead, not yet not mature. They, they need Christ formed in them. They need to reach the full stature of Christ. And that requires knowledge of Christ and that requires knowledge again our people perish because of a lack of knowledge but oh my dear God lift up your pants and show me your knees was Paul not an intercessor was he not oh my dear brother listen to me there is nothing impossible in prayer there is nothing impossible so many believers with besetting sins in their life and they think that literally that's the way it's just always going to be so content with slavery instead of going to their knees and crying out to God until they're delivered from that sin and who dwell in the presence of the Most High. Every conflict in your life, every brokenness in your body has one purpose. It's to send you to your knees. Every conflict, every battle. Today, there's no battle fought in this pulpit. It was fought this morning at five o'clock. It's not fought here. It's fought in prayer. It's won in prayer. The thing is done in prayer. The less you pray, the more difficult it becomes to pray. The more you pray, the more you're carried in prayer. Brothers, you can, you can pray until you think, what has happened to the time? I set my knee at 5, it's already 8.30. There's things that, what, what happened? Oh, brothers, please! Give yourselves to prayer. There is absolutely no obstacle that cannot be overcome in prayer. We are not men who simply give in to the darkness and write a label on it. It's because of the sovereignty of God. We are men who fight back darkness. You're going to blame this whole mess on God? Do not use the sovereignty of God as an excuse. We are men who believe God. Psalm 40, verses 11 through 17. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. 
My only hope is in your unfailing love and faithfulness. For troubles surround me, too many to count. They pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They are more numerous than the hairs on my head. I have lost all my courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame, for they said, Aha! We've got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great! As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord is thinking about me right now. You are my helper and my Savior. Do not delay, O oh my God. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but fools will be punished with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites trouble.